Hello and welcome to Bougie Adjacent. I'm Amanda Lauren. If my speech sounds really off, it's because my lips look like a giant vagina right now. Um, no, really, they do. Um, I had my whole face shot up with some Botox and some filler today and I got my face lasered and the whole thing just really hurts. But I'm like... I have to post this amazing episode that I did with Sarah Weigel, whose name, aka Swike, whose name I totally butchered. Um, but that's okay, because it was a really, really good episode. She is really interesting. We just, we talked a lot about design. Um, and I'll get into it, just um, a life update. I am um, back in LA from the Hamptons. Um, I miss, I don't actually don't miss the Hamptons because it's exciting to see my friends and to just, the, when I'm in the Hamptons, it's, it's easier to like go here to like, you know, just sort of like go places. Um, because the four of us, my husband and his parents and me, we share two cars, which like should not be a problem for the two months we're there. But it sort of requires a little bit of planning. And um, so I can't just like get up and go. Like unless it's like 7.30 at night and we've all had dinner and I'm like, oh, I need to go to CBS. Like then I can kind of get up and go. But it's just not really something that's doable there. So it's nice. Also, part of the reason why I did not post and like honestly hadn't been on, I really haven't been on Instagram for like a month, I feel like. Um, is because it is the service. It is like a third world country. The Wi-Fi there is absolutely terrible. I had a fight with someone about this on Facebook who ended up like, I'm a Hampton OG, blah, blah, blah. Like I almost blocked this person. She's like, people shouldn't go there. I'm like, okay, so people shouldn't go there and support the the seasonal businesses and the non-seasonal bit. We should all just like, like all the businesses there make their money during the summer, but we shouldn't go and support them. They should all fucking starve to death and not employ anyone. Um, what a cunt that girl was. I don't want to say who she was. I mean, it's not even relevant. Um, you know when you want to block someone on Facebook or as my my nephew calls it, Instagram for old people? Um and you're like, I really want to block this person, but then I feel like I'll look like an asshole and I don't want to unfriend them because then I'll look like a bigger asshole. So then you just sort of have to like just stop talking. And, and it's not even a real life friend, but it is someone who's a publicist. And then I'm like, we're in groups together. And then what if like she comments on something that I post, you know, because there's um, there's faith. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. Facebook groups, I really can't talk for writers and publicists, you know, if we have a need for an article. Anyway, the the point is, I just feel, what a bitch. Like, what, what a bitch. And by the way, this is a person who now lives in New Jersey. And it's like, oh, yeah, I was there. Like, like you're, you're not a Hamptonite anymore. You went there a few times as a kid. I don't even consider myself really a Hampton like I don't consider myself from there this is the dumbest bougiest thing but anyway just ugh, I hate the internet what, what what am I what am I gonna say anyway um I am sitting on my sofa watching garbage TV that's the other thing too the cable that we have there is really weird 
And we always forget to bring like the fire stick or the Roku or just like spend $35 on one to keep there. Um, there's no like the DVR doesn't work right. And like, you know how on demand is every show you could DVR for the most part. The on demand there has literally like a soap opera, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and like some show from VH1. And that's it. So I don't really watch a lot of TV when I'm there, which is good. Like I shouldn't, I mean, it's kind of nice to chill, but like I'll just end up watching something um, on my laptop or crappy YouTube videos on, um, you know, on my phone. But it's funny. So I've been back for like two and a half weeks now. I guess technically two weeks and two days. Um, it's been interesting. I'm excited to get back in the swing of things. Um, I'm excited for when my, the swelling on my face and in my lips goes down because it looks really bad. We'll not be taking any selfies. Uh, today I went to Costco, which is not terribly interesting except for the fact that it's so funny. So I have a friend who lives, I'm not going to say who she is. She's an influencer though. And she lives in a very fancy house. Um, and she says to me, she texts me one day and she's like, should I buy this sofa from Costco? Like, bitch, you live in a $6 million house. What the fuck is wrong with you? I feel like there's a real plague of people with money that buy garbage furniture. And she's like, well, I have kids. Well, like, that's what West Elm is for or Wayfair commercial grade furniture is for. Um... It's so funny because I'll like sort of, I don't really buy anything. Like I have a membership to Costco, which ironically my parents pay for. I'm like on my mom's card. Um, if not, I would never really go there. And I buy nothing. I literally am like, I don't even buy food. Well, that's not true. So I buy like toilet paper, paper towels, wee wee pads for the little dog, dishwasher tabs. And then sometimes I'll get snacks. Like they have this little like cheese nut, craisin combo packet thing that's pretty good for like eating on the go but like I hate there's really nothing I hate more than Costco although I have to tell you I did get gas and if you are in California and you're trying to save money on gas holy shit does Costco have cheap gas wow um it's wild but anyway, I was like, I'll look at the furniture because I'm at, I'm in Tustin, which is in Orange County. It's Thursday. It's not terribly busy. And I'm just like, it's so, it's like really the shittiest garbage I've ever seen in my life is this furniture. It's so, it's like, has like a built-in cup holder and a recliner, like the, the chairs and the, the chairs and the like sectionals. And I'm just like, there's... And it, the sofa that I looked at was like $2,500. And I'm just like, you could do so much better. Why are people buying furniture here? It's so ugly. I love it too when I'm in these Facebook groups and people are like, I need a sofa. By the way, no like range of prices. I just moved into my, I just moved into an apartment. I just moved into a house. I just moved in with my boyfriend. I just moved like my bowels and I need a sofa. Which one should I get? And it's just like, you give no information. Where should I look? It's like, there's not that many places unless you're getting something super fancy. Like if you're just buying something off the rack, 
there's literally like 30 places where you could buy furniture. And I guess it changes like regionally. And I know that's sort of a number off the top of my head, but there's not like a ton of furniture stores that are everywhere compared to like clothing stores that are everywhere. Either way, I just feel like there are just better places to buy cheaper, literally anywhere else. Then I went to Erewhon and spent $100 on eggs. Just kidding. Um, Erewhon is this grocery store, if you don't know, in LA that has very good takeout, but everything is so overpriced. Like, it's like $13 for like a tiny thing of salsa. Or like, oh, you want, um, you want fish? $47 a pound. Like, it's wildly expensive, although the food is very good. Because I realized we didn't have eggs in the house, and I couldn't buy eggs. I would have bought eggs at Costco, actually. Um, but the reason why I didn't buy them is because I knew it was going to be, they were going to sit in the car for an hour and a half on the way home. So I didn't do that. Oh, seltzer. Costco is great if you need, like, spit a mo- of 40 cans of Spindrift. It's great for that. Um... <laughs> Anyway, I guess none of this is all that interesting, but I am happy to be back going to events. Oh, I went to a party. Wait, can I? I think I can talk about this. Like, this will not win me any favors, but I went to this party last night for Ikea. And Ikea is not my aesthetic. Now, let me just say this. I've had a ton of Ikea furniture. Like, before I met my husband, I bought a lot of furniture at Ikea. Um, And I think some of their stuff, I mean, I make fun of it, but I don't think some of it, it, I don't think all of it is terrible. Like they have these white overstuffed, I think they still, wait, I'm going to look, I'm going to check, and then let me see if they actually have them before I suggest these. Okay, it's called the Upland Sofa. And I actually, it's like a white canvas sofa, like everyone, Crane Barrow, West, everyone makes a version of the sofa. It's like a slipcover sofa. Actually, it's not bad, but I went, they have this line. I love the concept of it. I hate the execution. Um, They have a line that I can't pronounce because I can't pronounce anything from Ikea, which, which, I swear to God, it's these injections in my lips that I had just a few hours ago, which is why I can't speak. Um, they have this line with Swedish House Mafia and it's like, you know, like cool stuff for like music, like a record play, like a turntable table or like a desk where you could like be a DJ on. There's like a chair and everything is like black and honestly. Oh, and there's a record player, which is kind of cool. Like Actually, the record player, there's, okay, there's a pull-out shelf on the desk, whatever. There were also, like, shopping bags. There were these lighting things. But here was the thing about it, and this is the truth. I feel like it looked like shit you see on the side of the road, okay? Like, I was almost embarrassed to be at this party. I'm like, why am I here? This is, this is not my aesthetic at all. 
And here was the thing. It's just Ikea stuff in dark colors, I always feel like doesn't look good. Now, mind you, I had an Ikea table that I used outdoors that was an indoor table on my old balcony for like 100 years. And then I would replace the top. By the way, if you hear snoring, that's Milo, who is my English bulldog, who is next to me and passed out. Um, well, I guess not anymore now that I'm petting him. He snores while he's awake. It's hilarious. Um, bulldog life but anyway all of this looks like literal like when i saw it i was like what like you know when you see leftover furniture on the side of the road that's what this entire line looks like like it doesn't look sturdy it looks cheap and here's the thing i don't think all ikea furniture looks cheap i think some of their chairs are great like i said like that sofa ikea definitely not my aesthetic but i think if you have a first apartment you don't want to buy something expensive or you know you're moving soon or even now i'll say like if you have kids and you know they're going to destroy a sofa and you're like i really want to spend under a thousand dollars and just get something with a slip cover i can throw in the washing machine I don't think it's a bad idea in terms of being practical, but this Swedish House Mafia collab is just looks just so fucking cheap, so just such. I don't even know how much any of it is, by the way, because I haven't even looked. It was announced today, so I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, it's called Obergrönsad, and here's the other thing too. I don't speak Swedish, so me trying to pronounce anything from Ikea makes me sound so completely dumb. I'm sure this will sell incredibly well. I know people will be very excited about it. I'm just not one of those people. So there you go. Um, but anyway, I had a really interesting conversation with Sarah Weichel. She is a high-end designer. Her Instagram and her TikTok are hilarious, by the way. She's just really, really funny. Um, and I feel like she's going to make an impact on the design world. And it's funny because her aesthetic is modern and my aesthetic is definitely not modern and in terms of design, like, it's funny because I do these end of the year roundups for Forbes that are like probably my most popular articles, like 10 trends we'll see in 2023. Going, here's what trends are going away in 2023. Here's what, this is what's here to stay in 2020. Like, I just do the same article year after year. It's fabulous. And it's funny because like when I quote designers, I kind of like to use people that have my aesthetic, but the truth is I really do appreciate, and I would say my aesthetic is the heart of my aesthetic if I could do whatever the fuck I wanted, which is not what I can do right now because we're in a rental, but eventually when I have my own place and I can just do what I want to do, it's very Palm Beach. Um, but I do appreciate, I would say this apartment is very, very contemporary with like touches of traditional. Here's the problem too. I don't really like traditional looking art at all. Like, I mean, I know I have, if you, I do have a giant oil painting in my bedroom, but um, my husband's friends with this artist, Richard Reiner, and they were playing golf and he took a photo of my husband and then did this like gorgeous painting of him playing golf. 
So that has more sentimental value. But if it's up to me, like, I'm not going to get an oil or, like, an oil painting. I actually prefer more modern art or more sort of poppy art. Um, I like... I like Robin Blair. She's a candy artist. I like Jessica Rubin, who does some really cool stuff. I'm staring at um, a piece she made for me, um, as always. And it's not just because I had a collab with them at one point. I think Art Sugar makes really good prints. Um, if you want to spend a little bit more money, Elizabeth Sutton is a super, super talented artist. And I absolutely love her work. It's funny. I don't have any of her pieces. Um... I always say to her, I need to get one of your prints. And then she's like, tell me what you want. And then I never tell her. And this is the story of my life every day. Um, but I love her work too. And she does have some more affordable prints. But like she's definitely not inexpensive. Um, but if you want to collect, if you're trying to collect prints or, you know, get prints of higher end pieces, if you can't afford original artwork, I do think that she is worth it because her stuff is just so beautiful. But yeah, I would say I don't have a modern aesthetic, but I am appreciating it more. And I also think too, if it's someone whose personality comes out in their work, especially on social media, I'm just so much more interested in them. So that's it. I'm going to shut up now. I've spoken for way too long. It probably sounds like I have a lisp. I am hungry. I am tired. It is seven o'clock. I just want to go to bed right now, but unfortunately I can't because I was told not to take a nap or to lie down today. I am sitting on the sofa. I think I was told not to recline and I am sort of reclining on the sofa, but I was, I, I spent like over three hours in a car today. I am exhausted. Anyway, um, next week I'm going to come back. I'm going to have more frequent episodes. I think we're going to not do a design episode. I want to do a favorite things episode. Just want to talk about beauty, fashion, random. There might be some home stuff, but definitely not um, designy stuff. So tune in next week if you want to hear my favorite things. Anyway, that's it. If you're new to this show, please follow me on Instagram at it's Amanda Lauren. Follow me on Twitter at Amanda Lauren. Um, and that's it. Enjoy this thing with Swike. I'm going to shut myself up now. Here with Sarah Weichel. Weichel, I always, someone, so I have this terrible habit on the show. Someone will tell me how to pronounce their name and three <laughs> seconds later, it goes out of my head and then I butcher it. Um, she is the Weichel. She is yes. the founder of Swike Design. Now, I am not the biggest modern design person and I talk about that on the podcast. But I really love her work. But even more so, I love your social media because it's so funny. And like, I feel like you need to post more. <laughs> but okay, I'll do it for you, Amanda. I know I, you. No, you definitely should. So let me ask you: how, Why do you think design can be funny? Oh, are we just going to ease right into the easiest oh, we're just question? Gonna, we're just going to ease right, right into it. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start a little bit with my origin story because I think that kind of feeds into the okay. design, humor, making this whole thing feel a little bit more attainable and approachable. I, uh, I'm a 30-something in LA. I bought my first home recently within the past five years, and um, I embarked in on a full gut renovation knowing nothing about design. Design is a second career for me. I started, <laughs> I started working in entertainment and I 
spent about a decade doing that. And uh, when we bought our first house, I couldn't afford to hire an interior designer. So I spent a year and a half of my life reading everything I possibly could to make my home look as close to something that I would see on Architectural Digest as possible, but like without the resources to do so. And, uh, and so I learned kind of on the job, really, like school of hard knocks, making a lot of mistakes on my own personal home and then figuring it out. Um, but what really bothered me about the design community, the more I like tried to ingratiate myself in it is that it really is meant to feel kind of like unattainable and yep. and a little pretentious. And I don't know, I'm someone who grew up with the internet, right? Like I'm 30 something. I grew up with Facebook. I grew up with more access than say someone five, 10 years, my senior. So I'm just used to like being a hunter, being like a, like a treasure hunter on the internet and trying <laughs> to find as much information that I possibly can about everything really. But when it came to design, that really bothered me that there wasn't an outlet or a platform or someone that I could turn to really that had good taste in my opinion, that would just be honest about the process. And so I guess what I'm trying to do in all of this is like, yes, I started a design studio and I feel very proud of that and the growth that the company's had over the past couple of years. Um, but more importantly, I really want to create a platform for people like me who have taste, if I may so, so, say so myself. No, you or, have great taste. <laughs> or at least are like design obsessed, right? Like I'm yeah. totally design. You're totally design obsessed. I'm totally design obsessed. I, I, I live for it. Um, and I just want to be honest about the whole process. I want to create more access information and opportunity for people who might not have the resources to do it in the way that Architectural Digest is showing you how to do it, but still want to make their house a home. Well, it's so funny that you say this because I feel like there's two worlds almost. There's this super high design and then there's like the people that are like, this decor is from the Dollar Tree and like, I want to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> that being said, I do like Dollar Tree videos on YouTube and I have no, I love to hate watch them. It's like a bad habit. Just totally. people. So I created this thing with super glue and something that costs $3 and I'm just like, that's awful. Like, it doesn't look like it's high end. Like, what are you talking about? And, and like, this is, this yeah. is exactly the, hopefully the, the goal for the business is, you know, remember those DIY foam mirrors on TikTok in the Ugh. pandemic? Remember like all that DIY stuff that like trends in and trends out. And it's like fun for young people like on TikTok who want to yeah. like do arts and crafts in their room. Fine. That, that's fine. I'm not throwing shade at, you know, Gen Z who wants to DIY craft, but I do want to take what we can learn from Gen Z and that kind of content and then apply it to something like a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit more timeless. And maybe we're not like hunting at home goods, um, but certainly we're giving like being more honest about source reveals and how to's and, you know, keyword search terms so that you can, if you're someone like me who wants to like spend, invest the time, invest the money, invest the energy and in, in exploring and learning more about design, you can do that. And I just think there's a gap in the market right now for that. Totally. And I was going to say, here's the other thing, too. I think that people don't understand that, like, there's this sort like, I actually do. I really don't buy furniture at home goods, but I do buy, like, if I need dish towels and there's a home goods, can you not hear me? 
I can hear you. There's like a terrible, now it's my turn to have construction randomly at nine o'clock in the morning um, in our office building. Can you hear? Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't even okay. think it's recording. There was literally okay. just a, literally like right outside of my, my window, like two feet away from us. And I'm just like, this is not going to work. <laughs> um, the rent is too damn high for this. I know. Tell um, me about it. But what are you going to do? Like, I feel like also like there are things that that's for like, you know, it's so funny because I was in the Hamptons all summer and they have a home goods in the Hamptons. And I'm like, this is the best. I actually put it as a good place to buy stuff there. Here's why. Okay. And again, this is coming from someone that's not like a super devoted home goods shopper. It was the only place open till 9 p.m. in all of the Hamptons. Right. And two, like, if you need something you don't really care about, like a white porcelain soap dish or like, for some reason in our room, now this is our third summer going there, it's my in-law's house, we don't have a hamper. And you know, men are very, very, my husband will just leave clothing in a pile in the corner if there's no hamper. And I'm like, I just need to buy any ham. It doesn't matter, like as long as it's not a white plastic one, anything that looks mediocre, I'm striving for mediocre here. And I found <laughs> yeah. the most mediocre, like, pamper and I'm like this is great so I do think like there's a time and a place for except the Dollar Tree I kind of think that's bullshit but there is a time and a place for everything but it's like there's very few people talking about like the CB2s the people that are splurging at anthropology and maybe like obsessed with the hardware and then like you think about it for four days is it really worth you know $13 for one handle when I need 30 of them for my kitchen you know like <laughs> right. those are like those are my are my people and I feel like those are your people as as well yeah it's so interesting I mean the design studio really speaks to such different clientele than the content studio does you know the design studio we are buying Sun Valley bronze cabinet knobs for $50 a piece yeah. because you know because it's high end and it's premium and the craftsmanship is incredible and uh it's long lasting and our clients want that you know they, they that's what they expect but then it is at some point you kind of I, I try to get back to what's real and what my friend group is investing in you know my clients are one thing and then my friend group is another I'm not confident that my clients are loving every hot girl in LA video that I'm making. But I love it. And that's but the important thing. I know that I know that a lot of people do. And I, I know that that will resonate with a lot more people perhaps than our clientele here at the design studio. And that's really at the end of the day, what I, what I hope that's the gap that I'm trying to bridge is like, I so respect some of these, you know, uh, elite design firms here in Los Angeles. And I feel so honored and privileged to get to like shop at the same spaces that they shop and source from the same places that they source. And when I read Architectural Digest and when I read, uh, you know, um, Remodelista or El Decor or the Wall Street Journal, and, and I see all of the same vendors that we get to go to on the design studio side of things, it, that's so rewarding. But then there's like reality and there's like, who I know and love. And like when you're going and looking for a hamper in the Hamptons, because that's real, that's honest. Yeah, Your husband's just going to throw shit in the hamper and who cares? You don't need to be shopping at like Moda Operani, uh, you yeah. know, or like, get, like sourcing something from a showroom uh, for a, instead of you can just get like a $20 hamper from CP2 and that's honest. And, and so that's what we're 
I, I hope at least we're trying to convey. No, it's true. And especially because it lives in a closet. I'm like, I don't need it to look good. <laughs> I don't. Right. The only thing I will say, though, there is something to be said about velvet hangers. And I do need those to look good. Oh, you 100% need to invest in velvet hangers. Like, I don't even get people that don't have matching. It makes me crazy. Although sometimes <laughs> I buy padded ones, but I kind of like hide them. So no one sees that they, not that anyone is in my closet, but like me and like my husband, because he is like, a few things I let him hang up. Yeah. I always say there's there, I mean, there are many spaces. If if you'll if you let me go wild, there are many spaces that I will say you should invest in. But the the two things that we really don't skimp on in, in our design studio are window treatments. I feel very strongly about window treatments. Mm. And you can go high-end with the shade store and other custom, you know, vendors look in local to your area. Or I actually learned from uh, this influencer that I love. I'm gonna give a huge shout out to Arvin Olano. I don't know if you follow him. I yes, I watch his um, YouTube videos. I love him and I feel so lucky that I've become friendly with him, an internet friendship that I've made. Oh, um, yeah. But he just taught me about these Amazon uh, custom drapes that you uh, can source. Yeah, it's they're amazing. We'll have to link it somewhere when this thing comes out so you can go look too. But they're very high quality and they're customizable and you can order them on Amazon. It's like a beautiful linen weave. So it, it's nice in person. I can 100% vouch for it. But custom window treatments are one thing. And then also the velvet hangers, like what a difference that will make for you every single day when you go to reach in your closet, it'll just make everything feel a little bit more elevated. Totally. That's so funny. I have this weird, so I have to tell you that is my big design regret because sometimes I talk about it on the show. Is oh, it no, I, what? Even though we're in a rental and I kind of like redid, I, I painted, I changed out light fixtures. I did a peel and stick backsplash. I have like, wallpaper in the like I did a lot of different things molding painting archway painting whatever I always forget like one thing that I did and then I realize it later but anyway so <laughs> I should have done I thought we were going to be here for a year I'm like we're going to sign at least once I'm going to do this I'm going to take pictures it'll look cute and then I'm like that was the one fucking thing because now we're going on our third year here where I'm like honestly I should have just had someone do it because we have these stupid apartment grade blinds and I leave them up all the time anyway, but they're hideous. They're like those white metal blinds. Yes, and I would the do worst. The gross. And I would do curtains, but I have such bad allergies and we have two dogs. I can't do anything that collects dust. So I would have to do something like I love like a sheer super basic pottery barn like white like I kind of like that look I get that it's basic I do like it I agree you can do more but that's kind of like a minimum but yeah that's my one thing and I was saying to my husband the other day I said if we whether we buy something or rent in this building again um for like if we get a two-bedroom we're trying to figure things out but um Anyway, I'm like, I'm going to just have the fuck it. I'm going to burn money and have the shades in custom treatments here because it will make me totally crazy. You should. And here's the thing about it. I know it feels silly to invest in custom treatments, custom window treatments, even on a rental. But the truth of the matter is, is nine times out of 10, your windows and your doors are going to be consistent sizes, regardless of where you're at, right? Like windows come in like cons consistent sizing. You're not going to move, likely you're not going to move into your first home and get like custom windows put in. So the configuration and the measurement should be somewhat similar. So you can just reuse them, take them down and reuse them somewhere else. 
it's so funny. I'm like, most people wouldn't, but it's so funny because I love a casement window and I'm like, I probably would. Yeah. I probably would, maybe not in every room, but certainly like in the living room. Yeah. If you do something neutral enough and yeah. you don't get crazy with your color story, you put them in your rental, the shade store will come and take them down and then you can pack them up and take them to your next place. Did this just turn into a promo for the shade store? Should we be the shade slash bougie? Yeah, for twenty percent off. <laughs> I know, I know. We really, I know. I feel, I'm like, I will email them later today and get a promo. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, love, you know, what it is. I think that places like the shade store actually very. This is like this really is not a promo for the shade store. But like, okay, so my sister in law rent and she did all of she did custom window treatment she lives in this like super cool townhouse in brooklyn and for her she's super busy she's like she's a lot going on it's like you can go tell them what you want give them your credit card and call it a day and i think that like for a lot of people it's the truth like they want things to look nice they want to be they want as little involvement as possible they're like here's some money you make it look pretty and i come home and it's done Shade Store also offers 100 colorways of linen blend. <laughs> Go to shadestore.com slash bougie for 20% off your version. Off your first, your first version. <laughs> it's true though. No, no, I, no you're, totally tr you're totally right. I mean, look, look, I wouldn't have a job if people like your sister didn't, didn't you know, want that. And, and in many ways, I wanted that for myself, you know, like how, how amazing would it be to be like, here are five inspiration photos, make me my dream home and then never have to worry about it again. Um, a lot of your clients like that, where you're like, this is what I want. You make a mood board. They're like, fine. And then you get to just go at it. Yeah, I feel lucky now, you know, in the beginning, not so much. It was kind of like, let's work on this together. Here's my aesthetic. Like before I had a portfolio, it's much harder, you know, because people are like, here's what I want. And then you're kind of like working to their taste. And now I think people are able to hire us because there's like a, a little bit more of a specific thing that they're looking for and they know that that's what we do. And so they hire us for that. But no, it's, I mean, what I think is so great about the design studio and how that helps feed into the content side of the business is I'm constantly learning because our clients are constantly introducing me to new things. And that's the beauty of Instagram too. It's why I love social media is there's so much more access to information. So my clients will find something that's like some emerging artist that they got fed to on their feed, um, you know, that they got served on their feed and that they're introducing me to new emerging artists all the time. So I think it's it's collaborative in that way. Um, I continue to learn, you know, through my clients, which is great. And <clears throat> hopefully taking it back to Instagram to just like spread spread the information, spread the love to more people. By the way, I have an artist I'm going to introduce you to if you like emerging artists. My friend Elizabeth, who strangely hasn't been on this show, but really should be Elizabeth Sutton. She does the coolest art and we're we're very good friends and does a lot of like really interesting custom stuff. So I'm going to like please I'll send yeah. you. Yeah, let me know if you want if you want an intro. She works with a lot of designers. Yeah. She's actually sure. doing all the art for the whale building in New York, which is some what? sort of all fancy office building, but like What's her I medium? I know very little about it. What? What's her medium? Painting or photography? Painting. Or? But she yeah, also I'm has painting. like office chairs and drawer. She has like a bajillion product. I actually have a collab with her. 
of holiday themed placemats that are sold all year round, but I'm not to plug myself. I'd be collaborating on this. Okay, what is your podcast for if not plugging the things that you're doing? You have to. You have to. No. By the way, placemats, what a good concept because there aren't well, a ton of great placemats out there. There aren't a ton of great options. Well, they're super fun. They're printed and they're also paper, which is really, but it's like environmentally friendly made like paper, because obviously you don't want to be a total jerk to the environment, but it's like placemats get so like last night we were eating fish on placemats. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to burn this placemat <laughs> once the mahi mahi is done. Right. It's going to smell for the rest of my life. And I should have just used like my plastic child witch ones. But I was using like my straw ones because they were closer to the plates. And I was lazy when I was right. the table last night. Right. Um, but because life. Yeah, yeah. Ask you. So who are like, who are some, what are some brands that you like what are some what are because it's so funny you always have I love the like places to shop that are not CB2 what are some places <laughs> to shop that are not CB2 that are your favorites oh gosh um let me go look up the list I mean the thing that's so interesting to me again not to keep talking about now we're going to turn this into promotion for like Instagram and TikTok but no it's fine I do think what's so cool about it is that you know, in the way that like Instagram has democratized, you know, content, it's also democratized like vendors and storefronts. So like anybody could have an e-commerce, anybody can like curate, resell. And what's amazing about that is that it creates more opportunity for people, but it's also really difficult as a consumer to navigate, you know, like that's what I found at least. It's like, unless you have CB2 money, unless you have William Sonoma money that you're just like throwing at us to yeah. market, market, market your new collection, it's like, how do you, how do you compete with that? The, the answer is, is that you don't. And then for me as a consumer, you know, when I'm thinking about my own house, like I'm probably not spending $600 on a, on, you know, a vessel necessarily. I need to like find something that's more affordable. Um, and so where do, you know, when I'm as a consumer, I'm like, what, what are my options? CB2 West Elm? Like, no, those are, those are not the only options that you have. Um, and it drives me crazy too, when you like buy something friend's house and they have the same thing and you're like ah where's my sense of like personality and character and I just I don't want to be like you know just another version of like my parents tract home that they moved into or whatever like I want my home to have its own sense of like personality and self so as far as like where we shop that's not cb2 I'm literally gonna go look at my video that I made because I have like a million things but um what do we shop that's not CB2? We do a lot of shopping on Etsy right now. We're in, um, mm -hmm. we're working on this project that's super co like colorful. And so um, I've taken to Etsy a lot, Cherish a lot, First Dibs a lot, these platforms um, more recently. And what I'll say about those is that like, again, if you're a consumer that doesn't know exactly what you're looking for, it's hard to navigate those ecosystems. So another big part of what I'm trying to do is help provide people with the education so that they know how to search those online marketplaces, because that can be like super daunting. I mean, I feel that way even when I'm like watching YouTube or Netflix nowadays, I'm like, I get on there. I think I want to like watch something on Netflix and then I have no idea what I want to watch. So it's just like endless scrolling. And then finally you give up. 
Oh, all the time. All the time, right? And now it's like the same is happening with our shopping experiences. There's like these massive platforms and you're like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'm just going to give up. So I'm trying to, another thing in addition to like where to shop that's not CB2, where I'm just like giving you other sources, I'm trying to also provide people with like keywords and search terms which maybe I'm not doing such a good job of. So maybe that'll be the next video that I make, but. Wait, so do you know, I just learned about this the other day, spoken.io. Um, I did see a TikTok about this, but you're going to have to remind me what okay. this says. So basically it takes all the white label products that are like, so they're products, yes. like, they'll sell it the same thing at Lewin, Georgia, the same thing at, um, on Wayfair, the same thing Book on. The yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Or all and then like a bunch of websites I've legit like never heard of, but I'm like, okay. And you put in the name of it and it finds the same thing on all the websites and it tells you how much it is on each website and then you can decide where to buy it because you might want to spend a few dollars more to buy something from Wayfair because you know they have good customer service. Like it's like, well, I'm not going to save 20 bucks from some random site if I'm buying and a large ottoman, like totally. a little risky, but it's totally. great because you get to really save money that way. And I think it's really interesting too, because it's so funny. I was looking for last year, I was looking for a coffee table and I was like, literally like, I know this is the same thing on one site and another. I'm literally looking, the dimensions are exactly the same. I'm like, I know this is from the same manufacturer and right. it's so funny. And I'm like, it's it's just so helpful to people, but that's a big search term thing. But I think you can just put in what it's called. Like it'll be called like the Sophia Ottoman on Wayfair <laughs> and the, you know, the Michael Rattan Ottoman on Lulu in Georgia, whatever. Right. Right. No, it's it's on all these B2C websites, it it is tricky. And sometimes I forget because we will often go to the manufacturer directly on the design studio side of things. So then we have like a different vocabulary and it's tough to kind of go back and forth, but you're hundred percent right. That's spoken IO. I saw that TikTok recently and I was like, Oh, I have to try that. It's like such a good hack. Well, I'll also have to like link the TikTok somewhere so people can go find that. I know. I was going to say too. So I, I was like watching all of your TikTok last night. I'm afraid of getting addicted to TikTok. So I am not super. <laughs> I wish you would just scroll for me. Like just show me another one when it's over. Like YouTube. It makes me crazy. It's like too much of a commitment to just like sit there and stare at the screen and have to. I'm so lazy. Oh my God. I work, out, I work out five days a week. I am too lazy to scroll on TikTok. No, but that's like the story of my life. It's, you know, Nick something. I can't, Nick Lewis. What is his name on YouTube? He did it. Wait, I'm going to look this up. He's a YouTuber. So interesting. So you love YouTube. Like you're more into YouTuber content creators. Because I, so I got the premium to avoid commercials. Again, laziness. So I don't have to press the skip thing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Like while I'm working, I'll do that or podcasts or like the superhuman app all day long. What's the superhuman app? It's like a meditation app. Um, Nick Lewis, that's his name. Similar to Arvin and, um, do you ever watch Kaiva Brent or Kiva Brent? I can never remember. Yeah, I know. Again. I know of that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the three of them all know each other because they talk about each other's videos occasionally. Yeah, that happens. So I'll watch, I'll watch those three. But yeah, I need like long form content that is just sort of background noise. So yeah, I'll have that on like 
just during the day. Okay, I wish interesting. I wish there were like a TikTok premium where it would just go to the like I would pay five bucks a month to not have to move. <laughs> well, it's so fun. I mean, TikTok is I've I've spent a lot of time on TikTok. I I love the community. I think the sensibilities and sense of humor on TikTok are remind me of like early internet. I mean, I'm old enough to remember like Evom's world on YouTube, like early, <laughs> early <laughs> dark internet corners that were just like so weird and random. Um, and TikTok reminds me a lot of like that, that sacred weird space right now. So I really enjoy spending time there. YouTube feels a little too performative for me now. I mean, I spent a lot of time working with YouTubers like in my first career and it mm-hmm. all feels a little performative and also difficult to navigate. That's like another platform where you're like, unless you know who you're looking for, it's a little difficult to like find find things. You know, TikTok makes it a little bit easier. You do need to scroll. That is a yes. commitment that you need to make. <laughs> but, you know, the TikTok algorithm is like, it makes it easier for you to find things that you might might like. Um, so we spend a, I spend a lot of time on TikTok personally. I just think it's it's fun over there. But you're right, like an older audience is not on TikTok yet. So I have to like repost my TikToks on Instagram for like my friends to, to see them and watch them. No, totally. And I wish, honestly, I'm trying to put more TikTok into my life. I really, I really also because also Do the, the YouTube algorithm also like really customizes things. I'm like, oh, wait, that exists. Thank you, YouTube. And I'm like, because once you just spend enough time on on the app, the, yeah. the algorithm will think for you. And any way I can like reassign thinking sounds absolutely <laughs> great. Like, like just delegate, delegate the thinking. So yep. one thing you do is the hot rich girls in LA. Oh boy, I this is going to come so, up. Wait, the funniest thing though was like <laughs> the Barreto soap versus the Aesop soap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was actually, I mean, this is something that really happened to me in real life is um, I was at a, a girlfriend's house and she had been gifted the Barreto soap and <laughs> uh, and um, and I used it and it was incredible. And then I went to another restaurant in Los Angeles and they had had Aesop soap. And I just thought, what what restaurant? I went to Cafe Stella in Silver Lake and which is like that place. Love it. And also speaking of like being pretentious and elitist, like also, also that we love it for that though. Um, But I went (laughs) into that bathroom and was like, oh, they, they have the Aesop soap. And I, it just was a funny juxtaposition to me that like, clearly that was out. Like if your hotel and your restaurant is using the Aesop soap, then like we've moved on, like the elite have moved on from the Aesop soap. So that was kind of like how the idea was born. Um, and Esther Pavitsky, I have to give a lot of credit to her. She's a comedian, um, a, a local LA comedian who's like around our age. And I just think she is truly, truly brilliant. She's been in this game for such a long time. And she had the original concept, but she would do it about her rich girlfriend's like um, diet and like skincare routines. Um, and so we talked a little bit online and and she was like, I think it's hilarious. You should do it for home decor. So so yeah. So what are it. so so not to put you on the but like what okay. are things hot rich girls in LA are are into <laughs> in terms of design? 
Well, I mean, here's the thing about it. The whole thing is parody and joke. So I have oh, to like, course. you know, to, to like just the caveat, the disclaimer for everybody who's going to be like, Sarah thinks that she's a hot rich girl in Los Angeles. Like the whole thing <laughs> is parody. Um, but, and it's mostly like me going into my girlfriend's house or me like making observations of like what other designers are buying and poking fun of it. Um, but uh, one, one thing that I think is hilarious um, is that every girl I know is like trying to find, they don't know what, what it's called, but it's called a black olive tree or a shady lady tree. And <laughs> I think like somebody on Instagram, I'm not sure, like maybe like Ashley Tisdale's Architectural Digest or Vanessa Hudgens Architectural Digest came out. Mm -hmm. And every girlfriend that I have is like, I want that tree. And those trees are so expensive. They're like probably $1,500. It ranges. Wow. Like if you go to somewhere like more exotic and it's pre-potted, it'll cost $3,000. If you go to a nursery and pot it yourself, this tree, it really does cost like between a thousand and like $1,500, depending on how mature they are. Um, and they're also like, they don't thrive indoors. It's like kind of this whole statement tree thing. I don't know if you like have seen some of those articles that have come out, but like the millionaire's tree where people are putting like huge oak trees and in, inside of their homes. Do you remember that? I love trend? that look. I mean, it's incredible. It's like also like the Soho house in West Hollywood started yeah, putting yeah, olive yeah. trees on top of the roof. And now everyone wants to put like an olive tree inside of their home. Um, there was a really funny article about that. So these are kind of like, a it's a nod to the super structural statement trees, rare species that could be like more accessible for people. By the way, more accessible caveat, it's a thousand dollar tree that will probably die inside because they're hard to maintain. But um, that was a hot rich girl thing, a little fad that went around this year. I made another joke about round pillows. I think it's so funny that like everyone's doing round pillows now. Even CB2 has like their own line of round pillows or like the joke was on the video, like we're swapping out square pillows for round pillows. It is true that square pillows are functional and even at times comfortable, but they are mm -hmm. not chic. So get rid of your square pillows and put in your round pillows, you know, which is That's so ridiculous. So funny. I know. <clears throat> Here's the weird thing though that I find. I think like everything starts to look like everything else totally. after a while. Like, so I've been looking at houses online, like we'll probably buy something when the market crashes, but of course I'm going to obsessively look at Zillow and Redfin as you do. Of and course. I am like every renovated house, I'm like, looks exactly the same. But even when I'll tell you, even when we were looking like five years ago, we would look at these houses that were like, I'm in Hancock Park that were in my neighborhood, like that they were modern and in a neighborhood, by the way, that should have modern nothing because it's like a historic district. But I guess mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever, if you're north of Beverly, you know, the houses are not as nice. But mm -hmm. this was like, I think this was like a $3 million, which we were not spending. But again, it was an open house. So we went to go look and every fucking bathroom was the same. And I'm like, yeah. can you imagine spending this kind of money and they couldn't be bothered to make each bathroom a little different. And by the way, no washer dryer. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's, that's actually a great segue because the design studio, that's part of the design studio's commitment. And that was exactly how I was feeling as a first time home buyer. I went into all of these properties that were on the high, high end of our price range and they were all builder flips. They used the same builder grade materials. There was the same stamped cement tile in every single bathroom, you know, on East Los Angeles. 
And it, it, I make this joke about like it being a modern day like tract home because the builders totally. are just like gutting all of these beautiful properties with such like rich history that were built in like the 20s or the 30s, keeping the facade building these crazy rooms that are modern because they're disproportionate to the structure itself because they're large and they're lifting the ceilings and they're putting in these matte black fixtures, which don't even get me started on matte black fixtures. I think that that is like the single worst thing that the straight male contractor can do to us is just keep continue to put matte black fixtures from Home Depot in every single bathroom. It's horrible. And I don't know why they like them. Why do, why do they like them? Okay. Here's the other thing about it too, which I feel like with, if your water is slightly hard, they're going to look dirty. (laughs) Let's not even get started on the functionality of them. (laughs) Like the actual, like the Not functional at all. It's just, the whole thing is just not great it doesn't it doesn't look great it doesn't look contemporary it doesn't look modern it looks ugly it doesn't age well over time it also like it looks cheap it looks cheap like psa hgtv builders stop buying matte black fixtures we do yeah. not like them no more shiplap no more no more matte black fixtures for 2023 please <laughs> we're begging you yeah that that is my that is my my uh battle cry to you um but no i totally empathize with that like the design studio's commitment was also born from your same frustration of like i can't even afford this home anyway but i don't want it because <laughs> It wasn't done well. And now I'm going to have to rip it all out and do it all over again. And how, how sad is that? Well, that's the thing that I find. Weird. So two things, and I feel like this is a real like plague, especially in California, is we were looking. So I was looking online at a house the other day that was in Studio City. And it had these, and it was like a craftsman probably built in the 50s or the 60s. I don't remember. But it had gorgeous wood beams on the ceiling. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, and then the rest of it was so modern. And I'm just like, none of this goes with anything. I know. I know you ripped out gorgeous moldings because you're an asshole and decided to do this evil developer. And I'm just like, I couldn't, like, it drives me bonkers because if you don't work with the bones of the house, it, it just ends up looking stupid. And, you know, incongruent. I was surprised they didn't take out the beams, they were probably structural. So they probably had to keep them and they probably didn't paint them because I can tell they were lazy. (laughs) But like, it was so weird to me. Here's the other thing too with like the different, it's not that hard to design a bathroom, one bathroom to look different from another. But like, here's why it not. happens. I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's happened, at least in the last handful of years, is because there's a shortage of materials and the lead time. So builders, when they think that they're design build firms and they can do it all on their own, there's not enough planning that goes into the, the, to the specs. So it's like, oh, we're doing the bathroom next week. Let's pop by Home Depot and see what's available. So it's, again, it's this, this, this you know, not to get into a conversation about America and capitalism, yeah. but like Home Depot is going to win out, you know, 10 times out of 10 over like the local tile supplier that might import something fun from Mexico because it's just more convenient and it's what we know. So that's why it's happening. And that's also like, I would really encourage you or anybody else who's thinking about like buying a house right now and thinking about how to like stretch to get into their first house 
to look at the thing that needs a renovation. And I'm not saying construction's for everyone. It's really, really challenging. Um, and you, you know, it's, it's hard to navigate how to do construction, how much cash you're going to need, what, what builder you, you know, and end up hiring. Like, again, like my personal story is that we bought a house that needed a full gut renovation. I was really excited to embark on that journey. I felt like I had the capacity to like pick materials and learn about it. And I was really interested in design at the time um, before I was doing it professionally. And we hired the wrong guy. We hired a builder. We didn't know where to turn to see like if the builder was a good guy, if he was well-reviewed. It's really difficult to navigate that. There isn't like a great accredited list um, you know, people will say like, oh, Angie's list or, you know, house or blah, blah, blah. But when you're a first time home buyer, you, you don't really know how to, how to navigate those platforms. And even now I think that they're a little, you know, difficult yeah. to, to know what's real and what's not real. Um, so we hired the wrong guy and he added square footage. He was like a man with a van, which is now the industry term that I've learned, um, because he was the right price. And it was a number that we could wrap our heads around. And long story, even longer, everything was done incorrectly. And we had to do it all over again. Did you so sue him? We did sue him. Yeah. I am. See, that is smart because a lot of people are really afraid. And I'm like, no, like, fuck those people. Like, well, the it, truth is it's very expensive. Yeah, it does. But it is very expensive. And, for, you know, for us, like we had already put so much of our cash into the process. We didn't have a ton of cash left. Um, but we, you know, I felt very strongly that it was the right thing to do. At minimum, it would make his insurance go up, his liability go up. And yeah. month, month to month, he would be reminded um, that you need to slow down and do a better job and be more honest about your process. So we did end up suing him. It wasn't fun. I'm not the kind of person that would normally sue somebody. It just didn't feel good all the way around. And we're like yeah. trying to be excited about our house. You know, we're trying to be excited about our first, our first time homeowning, mm -hmm. homeowning process that we're going to like move into our first house together. And the whole thing felt a little bit sad. And so off the backs of that, that's why I kind of committed to this design thing too. I just really wanted to help, you know, first or second time homeowners or people like me who are invested in this journey, feel very frustrated by the market, you know, feel like they can't afford anything that they feel proud of, want to spend a little bit of time investing in it to make it feel like it's theirs um, and unique and personable and it has character and, um, you know, but also is like confused and doesn't know how to, how to go about it. So that's what, that's really what I'm, I'm trying to do out here. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's smart to, to buy something. I It's so funny because I'll see these houses that are really, really, well, it's so funny. So we looked at, and I'll say what house it is just because it's kind of a famous house. So we looked at the house that belonged to the original voice of Snow White. Oh yeah, I saw that house. So I, okay, so you probably, I thought the floor plan of the bedrooms was so screwy. It felt like a maze and the bedrooms were a little small. But also one thing that drove me crazy, I was like, this is totally technically move-in ready. Mm -hmm. But the kitchen had one, the kitchen had what I thought were kind of cheap appliances for what it was. It had like a GE refrigerator. And I'm like, they didn't have a sub Z. What's wrong with these people? And I felt it should have been paneled because the cabinets were gorgeous. 
And there was this open laundry area with what looked like either Ikea or Target shelving in a house that was over $2 million. Also, no closet doors. What is, like, did they just, like, run out of budget? And they're like, I I guess I'll just get something that kind of looks like a shower curtain in my $2 million (laughs) house and just throw it over the, the closet. It's so weird. And I'm just like, how does this happen? Because I feel like you know. Well, I think, was that the original owner, though? It think, was. Yeah, so I think probably what happened is she's just been there for decades, and uh, she never, you know, did modernize the property in the way that you would expect it now as someone who wants to invest that kind of money moving into a very high-end area of Los Angeles. So, but I think you should really consider that property because here's the truth of the matter. Oh, it's Redoing like way above... It's way above our budget. Oh, it also bothered me, but we, because we live in the neighborhood and there was an open house. So I'm like, let's, let's look, let's just go look at it. But also it kind of bothered me. And so everyone is, I've said this to a few people and everyone has made fun of me. As a person, I know I'm in a design world, all that, but just as a human being, a $2 million house should have a pool. It should just have a pool. Oh my God, Amanda. <laughs> in Los Angeles? I, I mean, okay. Um, I'm like a five-year-old like there should be a swimming pool here okay that might be like uh let's consider you know like uh Encino or or Sherman Oaks or the outer parts of Los Angeles no 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 but no I think um here's what I will say about some of the things that you just rattle off on your on your must-haves um an appliance package at the end of the day is so simple like that is an no, easy fix. If you find like redoing the whole kitchen and doing all panel ready appliances, that's one thing. That's like probably depending on your fixtures and your finishes that you select, it's probably somewhere between and the size of the kitchen, it's probably somewhere between like thirty-five and fifty thousand dollars to redo your kitchen. Just know that that's what you're signing yes. up for. So that's like a bigger undertaking. Swapping out the appliances and getting like a cute you know, character driven range, like something that's like a Fisher or cafe, or even like an Ilve is like this new uh, line that I'm really excited about right now. I haven't, I haven't actually installed one in any of our projects, but I really like the look of them. It's now I have to look up. Yeah, it's very cute. It's got what like character looks like kind of like a Lockhorn new, but at a much more affordable price point. Like that is an easy thing, an easy swap. It gives you more uh, character and more personality in your kitchen. You don't have to do construction where you're living in the construction zone. It takes like probably a few months to order the thing and then a day to install it. Like that's something that you can live through and will give you like huge return on your investment. Um, like doors and windows, those are kind of pricey. That that could be a little bit uh, like more of a slog. Like it's harder to like figure out where to source doors and windows if you're not going to Home Depot and then who installs them. So that's a little bit hard harder to do. Um, no, but it was like, just like we, like I can't imagine not having closet doors. Just like in general, like I know. to me that is so weird to not have a. And it was an older woman who lived in the house and we had renovated it in 2012. Like we asked all the questions because I loved it. It just wasn't going to be our house. Um, But I was- Closet doors are, that's a weird one to skimp on. I don't know why you take the closet doors out. Maybe they just weren't in good, because the whole place was very, I could tell was extremely staged. Staged well, but extremely staged. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, I hate to do this, but I do have a call. No, no. I was going to say, where can people, one quick question before, before I forget, where can people find you? Uh, you please can find me at, at Swike on Instagram. That's at S-W-I-K-E on Instagram or at Swike Design on TikTok, which um, Amanda will be following will and liking as yes. soon as we get off because we're going to convert her to a TikTok consumer <laughs> right after this interview. Um, but yes, at Swike Design on TikTok and at Swike on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, I'm gonna cut out. Um, this will be out to um tomorrow. So oh my I god, you're gonna turn around tomorrow? That's so impressive. I'm so behind in creating content for this podcast. So um, no, thank you so much for doing this. And by the way, I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff in November, maybe October for Forbes, where I do end of year roundups, like trend predictions, going away here to stay. And I'm so I will totally use you for that for Forbes. Please, so, yeah, I would love to do it. I'd love to I will it. I will email I can't remember your publicist name because I get a thousand emails a day but I will email her <laughs> Shay yeah Call, like Shay. also let me know if you need uh if you need house help I'm happy to help you oh my god I know I know you're so talented I was going to oh say, where stuff. are you out I think I read you were in Atwater I live my house is in Atwater and our office is in East Hollywood um like on uh Fountain have you heard of that new restaurant Safi's no, Actually, but now I'm going to have to go. Yeah, Safi's, it's like a new hotspot. It's from the same chefs as Bestia. The, Ooh. Yeah, and it's literally downstairs. Like, we're in the same building as Safi's. Oh, amazing. That is good. That is good. Because we've been gone and are unaware of the new restaurants. But I will let you make your call. I was going to say, if you want to grab, like, a drink or coffee or something in a couple of weeks when I'm, like, settled back in, I'd love yes. to meet up with you. Totally. There's also a spot across called Found Oyster. If you're like craving a glass of orange wine and a little bit of East Coast, we can do like oysters and orange wine across the street. Shut up. That sounds so fucking good. It's, yeah. Found Oyster and Safi's. Oh my God. Like writing all this down. Thank you so much. I'll let you do your call. I'll talk to you soon. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet Bye. you. Bye.